Hey, Jack, Chris here. I want to remind everybody about a very exciting event we've got coming up on August 8th. That's a Thursday at CC's Coffee House in Ridgeland on Highway 51. We're calling it Open Mic with Dr. Mike. Dr. Michael Sanders, who of course owns and operates Face Value Health Direct Primary Care, will be here live at CC's and we'll be doing an hour and a half unusual podcast in that you can come in, get some coffee and some delicacies and treats or whatever you want to drink here at CC's, Come in the studio and talk to Dr. Sanders, ask him any question live. We're going to be uh, taping it for YouTube, and the show will be recorded for a later broadcast. It's going to be very exciting. We're calling it Interactive uh, Podcast Radio. Open mic with Dr. Mike. It's from 1 till 2.30, August the 8th, at CC's Coffee House. So be sure to join me, Jack Chris, Roddy Merritt, and Dr. Michael Sanders of Face Value Health. We look forward to seeing you. Jack Chris here, the Now See Here podcast. I want to give a special thanks to those underwriters and sponsors and supporters, some of whom uh, started with me with BAM South when we uh, kicked back up here recently. Uh, I want to thank Benchmark Construction, and they're celebrating 40 great years this year. JH&H Architects, Farm Bureau Life Insurance, the Carson Law Group, PLLC, Dr. Michael Sanders, Face Value Health, Oxford Lafayette Chamber of Commerce and Economic Development Foundation, Lulu Kebab Mediterranean Cuisine, Auto Innovative, go see Alex Murray, great place here on Highway 51 for some great deals, Mazda of Jackson, another great uh, car dealership, BAMSouth.org, our homepage, Merit Media, Bank First, SettleMyCase.com, The Homebuyer Guy, Will White, and our new underwriter, Hometown Lenders of Mississippi. Thank you all very much for your support. And if you would like to be a sponsor, you can email me at chris, C-R-I-S-S, publicrelations at gmail.com. And hello, everyone. Welcome to the new episode of Now See Here, or as I call it, the professional version of Now See Here, because we are taping live at CC's Coffee House in Ridgeland, Mississippi, on Highway 51. And we're joined by our technician, and uh, all tech guru, or all knowing tech guru, Mr. Roddy Merritt of Merritt Media. I'm Jack Chris, and uh, thanks so much for listening. Today's show is going to deal with politics, race, and stereotypes. And our guest to discuss this has a very unique outlook on that. I'll have her explain it to you. Her name is Regina Brim, and Regina lives on the Mississippi Gulf Coast. But uh, Regina, before we get into all the things you do, you were born in uh, in New York, were you not? Uh, yep, in Flushing Hospital. Uh, and what in the world brought you to Mississippi? Um, I was married for nearly 30 years, and my ex-husband was in the Navy, and we were in Okinawa, Japan, and our Twilight tour was here in Mississippi. Uh, so... When he got out, um, our children were one going off to college, one entering high school, so just kind of stayed. Well, from New York to Japan to Mississippi, I, I, somehow that sounds backwards. But Regina Brim is a libertarian, and Regina is also African-American. Now, that's why the topic of this show is politics, race, and stereotypes. Regina, you know, I think today people— in every political uh, arena or, or 
whatever political uh, uh, discourse is, is brought up or used, people automatically assume that if you're African-American or black, you're a Democrat or you're a liberal. Why don't you fit that? that yeah, why don't you fit that stereotype? And how in the world did you become a libertarian? And we'll talk about why there are really fewer African-American libertarians, your view. But, but tell me about your political odyssey or journey. Um, I think I am very much like most Americans. I mean, I was what my parents were. My mom is and, well, was and still is a lifelong Democrat. And when I grew up and I started voting, that's, you know, what I followed. And then I got married and had kids and had bills and financing and that kind of mentality and philosophy didn't quite mesh, you know. And as my kids got a little bit older and started asking questions, and I was a Republican, that kind of philosophy didn't fit with how I thought, you know. And you got to figure, okay, if the Democrats don't fit and the Republicans don't fit, what, does what fit? else is <laughs> Yeah, what does fit? Uh, and... I guess, for lack of a better term, um, libertarianism fits my sort of well, outlook it, on things. How did you discover libertarian uh, libertarian thoughts, Regina? Because you know, yeah. I came to it through Ayn Rand. I know a lot of people come through it or have come through it through Ron Paul, the younger generation. How did you arrive there? A very odd way, actually. Um, my last Republican party kind of event. I was still married at the time, and we were at a mixer, and a question was asked, um, what do you think, if anything, we could do in this party to kind of diversify or reach out? And we went around the room, and everybody kind of talked and everything. And um, they came to me. And unfortunately, if you ask me, I'm probably going to be pretty honest. And I said, well, I think the abortion issue is holding this party hostage. I think more people that have to deal with that horrible decision look more like me than anybody else sitting at this table. Mm -hmm. And I said, you know what? I, I've done the foster parent. I've done the adoption thing. And I would stand with anybody who would adopt or foster a child regardless of race, creed, color, ability, or disability. And I heard crickets. And then the lady across from me just started, I mean, going in, just foul as can be. And I, unfortunately, am a very reactive person and went back just as hard. And that was the last time I went to a Republican mixer. And several months later, in the throes of my divorce, I am whining at somebody about, you know, I carry a gun and, you know, but, you know, I believe we should help these people. And I believe this and believe that and it doesn't fit. And he said, you know what? You sound like you're a libertarian. I was like, oh, no, I'm not, you know, one of those pot smoking, you know, crazy people who don't believe in <laughs> Anarchist. laws. And like, yeah. And he was like, you know, that isn't exactly what libertarianism is. And I was like, really? I tell you what, uh, they're having a convention in uh, your area in about a month. I'll pay for you to go. Pay for everything. 
you don't like it, I'm wrong. We don't have this argument again. If you like it, you join on the spot. I was like, okay, you know, I'm up for a challenge. Mm-hmm. I went, and uh, Danny Bedwell was chairman at the time. And part of his speech was, you know what, I don't mind a spirited discussion. Heck, I don't even mind a good argument. But if your argument de-evolves into personal attacks and name-calling, I've automatically won my discussion, won my point, whether I'm right or wrong. And I went, I'm home. These are my people. <laughs> you know, and that was it. I mean, I've been a libertarian ever since. That wasn't that um, long ago then, I suppose, Regina. Um, I believe, and, you know, my everything kind of runs together here. It does. I believe it was 2011. I want to say 2011. So, I mean, my my libertarian journey, whatever, is probably only about 10 or 12 years old, if well, that. Well, um, and you know, I, I've had— if you believe everybody else, everybody is a libertarian— and, don't know it yet. Don't so, know it yet. I don't know. Yeah, they take the, yeah. the the Nolan chart test or, or whatever it's called now. This is the Now See Here podcast. I'm Jack Chris. We're talking politics, race, and stereotypes with Regina Brim. Let's get into that, Regina. Why does it does it insult you personally that if people automatically see you as a black woman, they're going to probably assume you're a Democrat? Don't you run into um, that all the time? Uh, I do run into that all the time, um, but this is something that I've kind of dealt with uh, my entire life, yeah. and I don't sound like a New Yorker, or so I've been told I have a non-accent accent, so I'll be speaking to people on the phone or something for months, and then they'll meet me, and you'll get the, huh, I didn't know you were, and I, of course, will play with it. Did you mean taller? <laughs> Did you think I'd be blonder? You know, and I know they mean I didn't think you'd be black. But um, it is, it, it is, I guess, a a spotlight on what we Americans kind of think about. If you are black, you are a Democrat. If you are white and you adhere to certain things, you must be. A Republican, and yeah. that's just not true. I think that's a fail, all the, all across the board. Well, do you have um, any ideas or thoughts as to why there are not more black people in the Libertarian Party circles? And and I have to ask: Is one of the reasons, or could one of your theories, be that many people? believe libertarians or think that libertarians are, let, let's say, have been painted by the media as being really far-right nuts, that they're, they're really uh, racist in the yes. skies, they hate government, they love guns, so, you know, they, they've got to be racist, closet racist, and libertarian is just a nice-sounding word for racist white male. Uh, yeah. Um, That's one of the reasons. The, the, yeah, well, libertarians, I think, are painted either in one of two things. Either we are the pot-smoking crazies, or we are Republican-like, period. There, there is no kind of two little boxes libertarians seem to be put in. But I have found that if you sit down and talk to people, and, you know, they do the, well, are you a Democrat? And you go, no, and you're a Republican, no. And then you start talking about it, and they go, I never would have guessed that. Yeah. 
And I was like, okay, well, we've been talking for about an hour, and everything I've said fits within what libertarianism is. You're like, huh, I didn't think about that. And but, therein lies the problem. But having said that, do you get blowback or flack from black friends? Do they say, how can you be with this group? Or do they hear your arguments and say, ah, they may disagree with you, but they say, okay, that's understandable, that's reasonable? Um, if you are a friend of mine, you're going to say, okay, I, I may not agree with you, but that is reasonable. If you don't know me, um, you, I do get a lot of pushback, a lot of pushback, especially uh, during the Gary Johnson campaign year. That was a lot of explanation, a lot of, yeah, but, you know, conversation. Yeah, but um, because and, a, a vote for Johnson was essentially a vote for Hillary Clinton, you were probably told. Uh, yeah, you know, or, you know, like if we're going to talk about stereotypes, well, you're black. Why aren't you voting for the Democrats? Why aren't you in the Clinton camp if you're black? And I was like, really? Well, I could list the reasons. <laughs> They were like, oh, okay, but, and, and again, it circled right back around to race. Not the issues, but it circled right back around to race. Well, Which, and, again, I think failed. And you've, you've put your uh, libertarianism into action. I want to talk about uh, what you have done and what you have started. But before I do, I, I want to ask you kind of a personal question then. W were you emotionally moved by the election of Barack Obama? I mean, because I... I actually was to a certain extent and because of the historical nature, and I also saw the reaction of so many African-Americans, and it, it did kind of move me. And I know, you know a lot of Republicans out there are probably saying, what, what the hell, he's crazy to say that. But it, it did. It actually did. I got over it, you know, quickly after about a, a week or two. But did it, did it move yeah. you to see uh, uh, a black man, uh, or, you know, African-American uh, elected to the White House? Well, uh, I can answer that question in two parts. And number one, straight up, yeah, it did. I mean, I was like, wow, I did not think such a thing would happen in my lifetime. That's number one. Number two, Barack Obama, for me personally, at first glance was the dream. I am an African-American who is married to a foreigner who became a citizen. So my children were Barack Obama. They were mixed children of an American mother and a foreign father. Mm -hmm. So, you know, when my kids were like, oh, I don't want to do homework, I was like, look, this dude is running for president. Just, he is exactly what you are. You need to get in there and do your homework. I mean, in my mind, that was so much promise. Right. He was what my home life was. And then we started talking. <laughs> <laughs> and well. we went every bit of that. I was like, oh, okay. You know, you know, and the promise, his initial promise for me that got me was everything in the government was going to be transparent. Everything was going to be different. And then it wasn't. So, yeah, I was like, OK, yeah, that's not going to work. Yeah, it was so, the same old, same old. It really was. I mean, uh, yeah. And, and I have read books by, by Democrats who work with President Obama, and so they were a little bit disappointed with him. But but his presidency, in, in a way, I, I almost felt sorry for the man because he was damned if he, if he did or damned if he didn't. Because, you know, I think so many black Americans had him painted as another Martin Luther King Jr., but yeah. he had to 
I, I, you know, he had a balancing act. I mean, he, he succeeded. He did fine. He's, he's okay. But, but I think he really had a lot of pressure on him. But away from, from Obama for a minute, tell us about pro-liberty, what that is, and also tell us about what you're doing on the coast uh, uh, on television, your television program. Okay. All right, uh, Fro Liberty. Um, let me back up a little bit. Um, and that's F R O Liberty. Joined, I, yeah. When I joined the Libertarian Party, um, and I've gone to a couple of conventions, I was um, blessed to be able to represent Mississippi in two conventions. One of which was the convention in Columbus, and there was the President's dinner in which Judge Gray got up and spoke and stood up and looked out on the audience and said, there are no people of color here. There are no black people. And I was sitting in the audience going, what? <laughs> here <laughs> I, I am. I, I, I am here, you know, and I was sitting next to Danny Bedwell, and he was like, Ooh, wait a minute, just slow your roll. You know, I didn't say anything. <laughs> but, I, you know, it kind of got me thinking, you know, there's a lot of that that happens, that even people that are on, I guess, for lack of a better terminology, your same side, don't realize that you're there. You, they don't. You know, when I went to the, when I go shoot at the gun range, there's me and I think six other people that are members of that gun range that are of African-American descent or, mm-hmm. or of African descent, period. Mm-hmm. I mean, there weren't people saying the things that I wanted to hear that looked like me. You know, and people need to know that liberty and freedom and all those rights that we stomp up and that are for everybody, not just for older white men. They are for everybody. And pro liberty was born out of that kind of looking around and not seeing it. Somebody that looks like me. What is pro liberty? Uh, tell, tell our listeners exactly what it is. Pro liberty is a blog or blog that I created to kind of to speak to things, um, things that I felt that the liberty movement or the freedom movement didn't exactly address. Um, black people carrying guns, black females carrying guns. Uh, right now in Mississippi, we're in the throes of a huge legalization issue. I'm speaking to that presently. Um, uh, voter rights issues, voter access, um, anything, like I said, that the system says that we can't do, that I feel, and a great many Americans, I think the majority of Americans, feel should not be the government's business I try and speak to. So that, that's where I'm at now. And how can people access this blog, Regina? Okay, uh, Fro Liberty is featured on a n- number of platforms. I'm on YouTube uh, under RJ Brim. I'm under Instagram under Fro Liberty, Pinterest under Fro Liberty, and Facebook under Fro Liberty. Also, um, earlier this year, I was brought on as a contributor to Mississippi Gulf Coast TV. Um, it is a local origination station that does Mississippi stories um, about law changes, events, issues that affect everyday Mississippians. And like I said, I've been blessed to have that opportunity. 
You know, Regina, we're going to be running out of time here shortly on uh, on the podcast, but I have to ask, I mean, you mentioned Danny, and Danny is a good friend of the show and, and a personal friend. Uh, would you ever consider running for office? <laughs> I don't have the governor necessary to run for office. Um, if you come at me kind of sideways, I meet that with equal force instead of, <laughs> you know, the politically correct, let me step back and give you a, a sedate answer. I come back just as hard. Um, I absolutely support Nanny Bedwell. I support any politician, period, that is for freedom and minimal government. But that, that path is not for me. And do you think, because of your libertarian affiliation and the, the growth of the party here in Mississippi, it, it's st- slow, but it's steady, do you think we've come a, a long way or, or have we progressed in Mississippi with dealing with racism, or do you think we sometimes flagellate ourselves and, and dwell on it too much? Um, let, me say, let, me say, let me just say that Mississippi is where I choose to live and choose to raise my kids. Um, and if you were here, especially during Katrina, there are no people that are greater and more gifted, period. Yeah. But we as Mississippians occasionally fail in recognizing and acknowledging our past. I'm not saying dwell on it. I'm saying we sometimes gloss it over. Like, oh, that happened, you know, 30, 40 years ago. No, but it happened. Yeah. And people are still affected and people worry. So I think an, an acknowledgement of that history would go a very long way. Well, just my personal opinion. No, uh, I, and I understand. And, that, and that's exactly what I wanted. Regina, it's been fascinating. We will have you back on again. And uh, tell us one more time uh, the best way to get in touch with you or to access Pro Liberty, the best way for those out there. The best way to access Pro Liberty right now and the most content is presently up on Facebook at Pro Liberty. All you got to do is look that up on uh, Facebook or RJ Brim on YouTube. And I'm working on getting two or three videos per week up now. Oh, good. That's that's, that's cool. And, of course, now you've been on Now See Here, so your career is just going to take off. Hey, I'm... (laughs) Believe it, like Regina. I, said, I, I, am, I am counting my blessings today. Oh, well, yeah. Thank you so much. I'm glad someone is. Hey, it's Regina Brim, and she is a leading libertarian spokesperson in, uh, in South Mississippi and Mississippi writ large. Regina, keep up the good work, and thanks for being on the show. Okay, thank you, sir. I appreciate it. Okay, Regina. That's Regina Brim. This is Jack Crist, and thank you for listening to Now See Here. Again, we are at anchor.fm slash now see here. We do accept contributions. I uh, haven't gotten any yet. What, what the hell? What, <laughs> what do I have to do? Um, not going to beg, but what's the song? Ain't too proud to beg by the temps. Uh, but no, we would appreciate that. And we appreciate uh, you listening to the show. So we'll see you, uh, see you tomorrow. I'm Jack Chris. Thanks so much.